to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I think I just uh, shattered Kieran's eardrums. I'm sorry about that, Kieran. I'm your host, you and joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, James. Hello. Shannon. Hello. Kieran. Hello. And James W. Hello. I've realized, having said James, I probably should distinguish between the two of you. Uh, On the show today, we're going to discuss our preview of Assassin's Creed Mirage, Nintendo reportedly demoing the Switch 2 and Starfield's successful launch. But Kieran, I want to start with you. As you reviewed Goodbye Volcano High, tell us a bit about the Mm. game and what you thought of it. Yeah, um, I mean, this one, this it's one I've been keen for for quite a while since I think they first showed it at a state of play or, or one of those presentations, um, and and then it kind of just launched out of nowhere not long ago, mm. um, and it's like shot up straight to the like near the top of my list of my favorite games this year by far. Wow, um, it's like on on the surface, it's obviously something we've seen before. Like it's a narrative, like dialogue driven, you know, sort of six ish hour journey. Um, and it's got musical elements to it. It's got rhythm elements to it. So, I mean, obviously we just had Stray Gods launch. We had, um, we are OFK came out not long ago as well. So like, it's, it's a, it's a concept that's already been done a few times in recent memory. Um, but this is definitely like the best version of that, that I've seen. It essentially like gives you like a mixtape of really cool music. And then also gives you the story behind all of those songs. Cause you're sort of playing through that story as it happens. Um, which I think is is a really cool way to sort of present that. Um, and it's also a story about anthropomorphic dinosaurs in like the weeks before the asteroid hits and destroys them all, but they live in like a modern day city. So it's like super, super unique, super cool. Like the, the writing is really, really sharp um, uh-huh. up there with like the best representation of the way teenagers actually act and talk that I've seen in a long, long time. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And the music is excellent. It's just, yeah, super good. Um, so if you like story-driven games, you like indie games, you like cool music, it's definitely one to check out. It sounds quite reminiscent of uh, Life is Strange to a to a degree. Very much that vibe, um, yeah. but 2D animation. It's also like, it, it look, for, if you're looking at screenshots, it looks like a, like a stock standard visual novel with just like static character art and conversations and stuff. It's actually really well animated. Like mm. if, if you watched, if you saw this on Netflix just play out and, and it wasn't interactive, you wouldn't sort of distinguish it from any other animated series. So I think that's really cool as well. Cool. And it's only short, isn't it? I think you said it was like six hours or something. I think, yeah, it took me about five or six hours to play through. Okay. Um, and it is, it's choice driven. So you can replay it and get different sort of situations and outcomes and stuff, which is cool. Is it available on the Switch at all? No, PlayStation and PC only at this stage. Uh, bugger. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm... May as well say now, I'm not going to be on the podcast for four weeks after this. I don't know if we're still going to get a video version of the podcast audio for sure, but we're all still figuring that out. Um, but subsequently, I'm looking for games I can like take on the plane with me. Um, Metroid Prime is going to be one of them. You'd be pleased to hear, James. Um, but I was wondering about what else I could maybe load onto my Switch. Sadly, Goodbye Volcano High, not going to be one of them. Sorry. But I, one, I'm going to have to find the time to play um, at some stage, anyhow, by the sounds of things, based on uh, that rave review from you there, Kieran. Um, all right, let's power on the rest of the show. James W. 
I'm trying to regain my voice. Uh, but you traveled all the way over to Bordeaux, to Bordeaux, I should pronounce it correctly. Uh, upon Bordeaux. the invite, Bordeaux. Yeah. <laughs> Bordeaux. I'm sure throughout the course of this segment, I'll pronounce it a million different ways. Um, you got to go hands on with Assassin's Creed Mirage. How did you find the game? Uh, pretty good. You know, I think it's a, a really solid swing at, uh, sort of what people remember Assassin's Creed being, uh, I think with Assassin's Creed sort of as a franchise, we tend to remember those original games as a bit more stealthy than they actually were. They are, they've always been a bit loud and a bit bombastic and a bit silly at times. Um, but the Bordeaux team seems to have sort of, uh, tapped into that fan desire to have something that's a bit pared back, a bit more stripped down. It's that 20 plus hour or tw- minus 20 hour campaign. You know, this is going to be like a, a very lean title. Um, and based on what I played, which was sort of three different segments from the game. Um, I think they've mostly pulled it off from what I've seen so far. Nice. Uh, did, yeah. I guess like in terms of it being more stripped back sort of experience, did you still feel like it scratched every itch you would hope an Assassin's Creed game would scratch? Was there still enough there or did it feel like this is kind of 25% of what I think of a modern Assassin's Creed experience as being? Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like uh, like a separate timeline exists and this was the game that they kept making after like, you know, AC2 and sort of 3 and whatnot. Um, mm. And so in that sense, the the way I remember enjoying Assassin's Creed, I got everything I needed sort of out of the, the slice that I got and you can sort of see it being extrapolated out to work. I think if you come into the franchise with Origins and you've only gone from there, this is going to be a, a pretty harsh kind of left turn, um, yeah. which is, you know, a, a bit of a disconnect I think they're very aware of in, in making this, which is why it's been marketed the way that it has. Like it's very vocally about being a smaller title. So I think as long as you're prepared for that, it's fine. And it's obviously centered around Basim, who we've seen introduced before in Valhalla. I think it's kind of more of an origin story for him, if that's kind of accurate to say. What did you kind of make of him as a character, given his own title? Uh, I, I put this in my notes and I think Kieran has let it fly into my preview as well, but like <laughs> fuck boys are back on the menu for Assassin's Creed basically. Oh, right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He is, um, he, he reminds me very much of like an Ezio type. Like this is that kind of very youthful, playful, um, very hotshot sure of himself kind of young male character. I feel like this franchise used to deal a lot in. Um, yeah. and so again, it feels like another throwback in, in, in some ways. And I know he obviously ends up in some pretty dramatically different places by the time we get to Valhalla. Um, and seeing, what they've done here as like a, a coming of age story that they're also tying in with the mythology of the brotherhood and where they came from in their origin point as well uh, f- from what I've seen seems really good and the performance uh, by the actor whose name I've already forgotten unfortunately uh, fantastic as well it's his first time in the role and he does a really great job and then the setting as well kind of I think it's ninth century Baghdad if I remember correctly and um, how how did that contribute to the to the game as well uh, it, it was a pretty big part of what they were sort of showing us. So we, we spent the day in the Ubisoft Bordeaux office, basically. And I would say a solid half of that day was dedicated to the concept of recreating uh, Baghdad. Um, this is a team that seems to be very aware of the cultural significance of recreating um, such a specific intersection of uh, like the golden age of the, of the Middle East in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. And so they, they seem to have done a really good job, but based on, you know, my understanding of it is, is very limited, obviously. Um, but there's been a lot of cultural sensitivity uh, sort of put into this, a lot of consulting with historians um, and the way they've translated that into like a playable city, which I think they said this is the first time they've made just a playable city since like uh, the one that was set in London. Um, so it's been quite a yeah. while, right? Syndicate, um, was that the one mm. in London? Yeah, yeah. 
seems right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, they, yeah, they, they seem really proud of the work that they've done here. Uh, they talked a lot about the way that, because the city itself has been mostly lost to time, uh, because mm. of the way that sort of wars have played out in that region. Um, there's a little bit of guesswork and a bit of creativity, uh, gone into the reconstruction of some of the architecture and whatnot. Um, and so they were able to build it up with like a gameplay first kind of mindset. Um, so that, that seems pretty cool. I do admire how much effort they put into the kind of research of the yeah. history of things. And I think, was it when Notre Dame kind of burnt down, they were like lending their kind of 3D models and stuff that yeah. had gone into the making of the game because they were that sort of detailed. It's it's pretty mm-hmm. incredible stuff. Yeah. Um, last sort of question I had for you, feel free anyone else to ask any that you might have to. Um, did you get kind of much... Uh, of a glimpse of the combat as well. I feel like the more modern iterations of Assassin's Creed have kind of strayed from the more uh, traditional like assassin or kind of like ninja sort of play style and kind of introduced kind of more, um, you know, hand-to-hand combat. Like obviously Valhalla was very Viking oriented, so you had battle axes in the mix and stuff, not traditional sort of assassin's (laughs) weapons or ones you might think of as being in the hands of an assassin. Did this feel stripped back in the same way i guess the game's stripped back as a whole yeah i mean it's it's very much built as a stealth first experience though so like there is a combat system uh i went through a small tutorial and then i got into a couple of scraps during the actual match itself um it has a pretty generous parry window um so combat itself does feel good when you are forced to to get into it but you're not meant to be getting into it basically like if you are in a situation where you're in an open fight you're gonna die pretty quickly just because you'll get overwhelmed um and so instead this is much more about i think basim's got eight or so tools on his belt and so like smoke bombs blow darts very traditional stealthy kind of things right the idea being that you're not supposed to be seen or heard in this game um and so i think if you go in with that stealth first mindset you're gonna have a much better time because i was watching like the guy next to me got into combat a lot he was not having a great time um (laughs) so it's i I get it It, it's it's tempting i think with the way assassin's creed has gone to think that you can just fight your way out of a you know a situation that you may have messed up um i Every time I messed up, I just rolled back, basically, because it was easier and a better experience to lean into the actual mechanics they were giving you. Yeah, I take it, like, otherwise, if you get caught, it's a matter of slipping back into the shadows again and trying to kind of reset the stealth meter, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And that works in much the same way as it has in all of the open world ones as well. Like, this is still running on the Valhalla engine, um, which I think is my only real, not red flag, but, like, a little bit of a, like, oh, okay, that... The, this pushback to stealth into parkour into a uh, you know smaller contained city, but it still has a kind of slowness that I found to Valhalla's controls as well. Like it's a very meaty movement of, of Basim, mm-hmm. um, and it's not quite what you'd expect, I think, based on some of the footage. Um, but if you can wrap your head around it, yeah, we'll see. That's right. that's kind of what I was gonna gonna ask you as well. Like based on uh, obviously going back to that era of like Assassin's Creed Two and three and then unity and syndicate like unity especially really pushed parkour mm-hmm. um and really kind of broke the mold and with a lot of those systems does this feel like it goes back to that era is it up to scratch with those sort of experiences um uh, stylistically yes like he he looks fantastic when he's you know doing his thing across rooftops and, and getting it done um in terms of actual controls it is just a lot of that uh hold the stick forward and hope for the best kind of thing um there is a little bit of struggling with the pathfinding sometimes because they've made a very like baghdad is, is quite dense um and it's very much built with multiple pathways in mind which means the sort of ai path detection gets a little bit wobbly um because you don't have the same granularity of control that unity offered you 
issue with that kind of bouncing off of walls and stuff like that. You know, th- those games got very into that parkour. And this is a, again, it's that stripped back version of it. Um, it doesn't feel bad by any stretch of the imagination, but there are going to be a couple of times where you just have to adjust to the feel of this one in particular. Nice. Well, do go and check out James's full preview of the game over on the site now. Uh, and I'm sure in no time soon as well, the game will be out. It comes out October 5th, if I remember correctly. Very close, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so not not far away at all. So look out for the full review when that does, does drop. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing your preview with us today, James. Uh, onwards with the rest of the show, though, James. I'm going to, other James, I should say, I'm coming your way next to quiz you about Nintendo reportedly demoing the Switch 2 to devs at Gamescom. Uh, Both Eurogamer and VGC have now corroborated rumors uh, with claims that yes, Nintendo was indeed showing off the tech for its Switch Switch successor behind closely guarded doors to developers at Gamescom in their business area last month. Uh, So James, my question to you. What do you think this means for this much-discussed successor to the Switch? Is it perhaps more imminent now than it's ever been? I think so. <clears throat> I, I also think, I don't know, I feel like it's always been kind of, you know, next year, right? We've kind of felt that. Although I guess, like, we talk about it every year. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was going to say it's next year every year. So, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. Now, obviously, like, this is the first time I feel like like, obviously, we've heard rumors of, like, developers being told to get their games ready or, like, the stuff on production or whatever. But I feel like this is the first time where, like, a few people have kind of said, yeah, we've actually seen one and it works. Um, so, yeah, like, for sure, like, it's definitely closer. If we're to assume, though, that exciting. this is the kind of first time developers have been shown it, which is obviously an assumption to make because I guess you would you would, you would would take it that they would bring it to their kind of own studios first and foremost and get some stuff happening behind the scenes. And this is maybe them more opening up to third parties. So perhaps like it's, it's closer to launch than that might suggest, but could it mean that it's, it's it's so different though, right? Like I feel like so much of Nintendo's switches output is really carried by first party. Yeah. Um, So like internally, like for sure, everyone's probably already seen it and is making games for it. And I don't, I, I doubt that, like, it was Activision and Ubisoft and such, like, getting taken to, to watch this demo. Like, it was likely, like, indies and, like, yeah. smaller um, third parties. Yeah, it's a very That's fair just point. I guess, though. Yeah. Uh, what was particularly impressive, I guess, uh, to the those that did reportedly see this is that Nintendo was showing off 2021's Matrix Awakens Unreal 5 uh, tech demo, complete with ray tracing, utilizing NVIDIA's DLSS technology, um, with the people supposedly having seen it, saying that it looked comparable to the same demo on the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Um, Shannon, to come to you as our kind of resident tech guru, unfortunately this podcast being recorded ahead of the iPhone launch, so this is as much of a tech time with Shannon as For we the one today. person that asks, will be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those that are unfamiliar with it, what is DLSS? How does it work and what advantage might it pose for the Switch 2? Yeah, so it's essentially like AI upscaling. So, in, oh God, I'm probably going to butcher this, but instead of like using the raw power of a graphics card, like to actually, it's still doing that, but then it's using like tensor cores and AI to um, upscale the graphics. So, like from a, a core point of view, like it'd be rendering it at like 480p or like what the Switch normally is now, but then it'd be using AI within the chips to upscale that to 1080p. 
um, which is huge. Like, it's come such a long way even the last two or three years. Um, the PS5 and Xbox Series X use AMD chips, which has its own version, but it's it's getting better, but it's still, like, quite a way behind NVIDIA and sort of every time AMD gets a little bit closer, NVIDIA releases a new version. Um, so that's the one thing that Nintendo has going for it. Like, it could very well release the Switch and it have less, like, raw power than the PS5 and Xbox Series X that make up. I don't think it'll... I think there's probably a little bit of... You can you can read into it in different ways, right? I, I don't think it's going to be as good as the PS5 and Xbox Series X, but I feel like for what the Switch is, like you will take the the 10% difference or 20% difference or whatever it is. But it's exciting. And I think as much as I've been talking about this for years, like James said, I think we'll probably be happy that they've waited until now um, to, to do another Switch. In saying that, it's Nintendo, so it'll probably be like a five-year-old chip still and we'll just accept it. <laughs> um, but it's exciting. It is. It does feel like it's not like tomorrow, but like somewhat in the near-distant future. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer to u- utilize the technology on a handheld because it's so well-suited to kind of lower-spec machines that, uh, you know, allows them to render a game at a, at a native at a lower resolution natively and then make use of that upscaling. Um, 100%. And yeah, hopefully it gets around some of those technical limitations that you have on a handheld device that, you know, hold back something like Tears of the Kingdom and maybe make some of the frame rate inconsistent. But I imagine, yeah, I- I'm surprised to hear that they're getting visuals on there that's comparable to the PS5 and Xbox Series X. That seems like it's exaggerating the truth a little bit I mean, second I mean, hand information so well like, yeah but I, I, like every handheld does this right like the vita i remember them talking about like console quality graphics on there and stuff yeah. and it, it is a bit See, of a it, drum up it, it doesn't i'm actually because i've used like the asus or like some of these handhelds that do yeah. get like 1080p 60 for like forza horizon and like even starfield can run like you can get 60 frames per second in your hands for starfield it's not 4k obviously th- but like depending on what you want, like there's more flexibility there. So it's not as surprising to me. I the think, price of those devices. Can yeah. Be, like, yeah, but Nintendo's going to order. Like you've got to think of that as well. Like Nintendo knows they're going to sell, well, they hope they're going to sell 100 million of these and not 5 million like the Wii U. But like <laughs> they can take the loss. Like they can sell the loss knowing they're going to make it back potentially. Like like a massive loss? Like how much are you thinking? Like <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the breakdown here in front of you. There's, really there's the more wiggle room. Awesome. I don't, it's not going to be as powerful, but again, the NVIDIA side of it, like really it'll help out with, it'll help out with that performance. You um, said you don't opinion. have the breakdown in front of you. Do you have it somewhere else? <laughs> I do. I am Nintendo. Um, oh do you, has the yeah. DLSS come to other like portable gaming pcs or not that the switch is a gaming pc but gaming devices yeah like laptops and others but like any like the Neo or like the steam deck like dlss isn't on here no i think nvidia is like notoriously hard to work with so like you wouldn't unless you're nintendo like playstation and, and microsoft won't work with them for whatever reason so um yeah i just i don't think so yeah we're going to get to NVIDIA a little bit more and some of their strangeness uh, once we discuss Starfield in the next segment. But sticking with these Switch rumors for a little bit longer, um, it's also reported that prospective developers got a look at a version of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild running on a much higher... Have I got that right? Was it Breath of the Wild, yeah. not Tears of the Kingdom? 
Yeah, yeah. Just Breath of the Wild. I was just doubting my notes for a second there. Running at a much higher resolution and frame rate than the original Switch, although it was stressed that this was strictly for demonstration purposes and not an indication that, the, that Nintendo is looking to update or re-release the game. Uh, Kieran, what games do you hope to see come to the Switch 2? Would you want to see games kind of remastered and kind of ported over or would you like to see entirely new games kind of come and be exclusive to this system i i think i'd just like to see like all of the games come to the system i think i think viability is something that's like as, safe, safe answer. like <laughs> but like no but like this like when you think about the switch it's not viable as a primary console like if all you have is a switch you're missing out on something you're missing mm. out on like stuff that's on the on the playstation or the xbox you're missing out on like home entertainment stuff like a netflix app and all that kind of thing like i just i feel like with with all that extra power they need to make it more viable as the the one console that somebody owns in their house for james w how do you see it like do you see this as being kind of like an update and an iteration of the existing switch or is it starting to feel a bit more like a new console in your mind I I just don't know if Nintendo really cares about any of this. Like they they've always <laughs> run their own race, right? They they're very unique in that sense in that the the console wars and sort of the the whole idea of what Sony and Microsoft are trying to do in terms of being a home entertainment system as well as this like, you know, high-end gaming product. Like Nintendo just doesn't seem to care. Um and so I do wonder sort of what their next iteration looks like when the technology is catching up to where it's at, especially now that we've got things like the Steam Deck on the market, right? Where handheld gaming has you know, starting to morph in really interesting ways. Um, I I don't know. I don't really have a horse in the race. Like, I, I love the Switch in theory. I just don't really use mine ever, um, which is like Zelda was kind of it, right? And then yeah. I just put it back down. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a strange one, but this sounds cool. Um, I, I hope it is as good as it sounds. Yeah, yeah. I just don't find myself in situations all that often, like these coming weeks, I guess, being the only exception in like four years where I'm like reaching but for like a handheld console. And- to Kieran's point, like if everything came to it, like Call of Duty, like if all the AAA games that we play, like like it would be different, I think, if you could get like the no, 4K experience on your TV. I don't think it, it would. Might, yeah. I've, like it's I've not, got not for like everyone. A PlayStation. Like if I didn't have a PS5 and a PC already yeah, in the house, then maybe. Uh, but I, I don't do. Know. So like I I've just already got playing games in a bed. console for that. Like and yeah. like a PlayStation Portal. Like I just yeah (laughs) whichever comes out first will win the the race in my opinion the reason i do like play the switch is to play the games like that's almost kind of more important than new hardware at this point like if they continued which is like it goes without saying obviously but you can have glad to hear it if we invested as much time talking about upcoming nintendo games as we did this console then i'd probably be more excited <laughs> but like tears of the kingdom like I, I i parked everything and just like laid on my sofa next to my ps5 playing it handheld i never why is your ps5 on TV. your sofa <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but like i wasn't going out of the house and playing tears of the kingdom it's a different experience is what you're saying like it's not I your about the game yeah tv yeah, yeah. experience it's like away from a tv experience yeah 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 but I'll play on whatever screen you give me, Shannon, as long as the games are good. That's that's what I'm saying. I don't care about DLSS. Just give me good games. Um, says the guy mm-hmm. who's really fussy about his settings on Starfield on PC at the moment, uh, which I guess is as good as a segue as I'm going to get to Starfield. So let's uh, let's stick with that. Uh, I'm clearly very obsessed with it at the moment. I reckon I told Kieran I played about 10 hours of it over the weekend, which is kind of an anomaly for me. So very much enjoying my time with Starfield. And clearly so are a bunch of others with 6 million players 
reportedly already jumping in. Um, James W., I'm going to come back to you, seeing as we've not heard your opinion on mm-hmm. Starfield as of yet. How are you enjoying the game thus far? Uh, I, like I reviewed it. Um, I, I had a pretty good time with it. I, I think it's a, a very fun Bethesda game with those caveats yeah. <laughs> that come to mind immediately in mind, right? Um, yeah. I think that there are some systems in it that I, I don't entirely love, um, but the the vibe and the tone that it went for, I was a big fan of. Um, the That review window where like all I could do was sit down and play it, I had a tremendous time with it. Um, but I haven't felt compelled to go back to it since then either, if that makes sense. Seeing as it's being out there in the wild for the better part of a week now, maybe even a bit longer, like what's what's been something that players have discovered that surprised even you having reviewed it and spent all that time with it before it was out in the public? Mm. I, mm. I mean, Is I'm- Is there anything? I don't think so. Like, I, I think it's it's very surface level about what's good about this game, right? Like, and anytime someone comes up to me, it's like, oh, did you know this quest was really good? Like, yeah, they're, they're good quests. Like it's yeah. it's a Bethesda game, you know? Like it, it's not a particularly surprising experience, I don't think. I do um, think like the random encounters you get, like when you travel to a new star system for the first time, whatever, and someone mm-hmm. hails you or whatever, people are like, oh, this crazy thing happened. It's like, yeah, that 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 happens like to every player, like at some stage, it's yeah. not all that random an encounter. Um, yep. Did you see the exploit though, where people were able to get that high powered suit from the, uh, the glass cabinet downstairs? Mm-hmm. I, love I mean, I love that sort of stuff games. in a Bethesda game. It's like when you could um, go downstairs in that first place in Skyrim and like break in and steal the bow and stuff. Like it's, you know, th- these things exist to be to be found and to be enjoyed, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kieran, what about you? Have you been finding, how have you been finding your time with Starfield? I haven't had enough time, to be honest. And I've like, I've made the mistake of looking at everything online and looking at what people are saying and doing and like restarting my game over and over because I wasn't happy with my experience based on <laughs> theirs. So I've, yeah, I think I'm on my like fourth wow. character now and I've just played play maybe it. a total of four hours. I will. Just I'm just, take it as it comes. I, that's just my, my life, life philosophy, but <laughs> yeah, mm. you can't restart. Yeah, exactly. So stop restarting. I Did don't you know. find the thing is, is like, you're just playing the worst bit of the game multiple times. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, yeah, I will say, like, without spoiling too much, like, the further you kind of get into it, as soon as you start visiting, like, temples and start doing all that mm. that entails, um, and you kind of visit more cities and get a feel for, like, the different factions and stuff out there, like, the more distracting everything becomes uh, and the more, like, the kind of main quest line, like, sidelines itself almost, which, I, like, I'm saying is a good thing because i was clearly enjoying all the side content that was on offer um shannon to come back to tech time with shannon part two though uh have you been following all the chatter around dlss support not being included in the pc version of the game and modders then adding it in yeah so one of my one of my good friends has like a a 4090 set up like as his main like tv pc setup it's like so yeah it's like he's like in the entertainment unit in the living yeah, room. yeah yeah exactly um yeah and he was obviously annoyed that it didn't have dlss because i don't think the game is well optimized from what i have heard without it um but yeah it's one of those odd ones where you just if you have if you've spent three grand and a 4080 or, or a 4090 like you want that in every game and it's just that annoying thing where even if you're a pc gamer like you still have that element of not console wars, but like it's one or the other. It's rarely both. 
Um, mm. And I don't think that's a that's a good. It's not a good thing, particularly in this case where you're talking about like performance and the best on offer when you've spent a lot of money on hardware. Um, but I think the mods are quite decent, right? Like they're they're giving people the performance they were after, and it's happened really quickly. So I don't really understand why it's just not a thing to begin with. Yeah, well, it had plenty of people speculating that there'd been some sort of dodgy under the table for sure sort of deal but with AMD. And... Did AMD come out and say that they weren't stopping Nvidia from doing it? I don't think anyone's like acknowledged it though, right? Like everyone's kind of denied there being any sort of. Well, that's what deal I mean. Yeah, play. they've said like, "Oh, we're not," but they must be. I feel because yeah. if you're Nvidia, or is it that they can't market it, so they're like, "Why would we bother putting in the effort?" Which to me just seems like you're screwing over your own customers that have spent a lot of money. Yeah, on, I, on these. I think graphics. it's, it's only a, a matter situation. of time before this like officially um, rectifies itself. Like. There is this mod at the moment, which like I've looked at the implementation of it. It's a little bit kind of clunky. It's easy enough to install, but like it just basically swaps out the AMD FSR for the DLSS and the settings all still look the same. So you're just going, okay, this is actually DLSS and not FSR. It's, it's just on, like but... essential. Like I can't, like you can't, yeah. I couldn't imagine playing any PC game without either of those technologies now because the drop is just so huge. Yeah. Um, so and it is sad. it is hard. Like I'm amazed the PS5 and the Xbox Series S like continue to do it so well. But getting 4K 60 FPS is quite a tough thing to do. Um, and I, I'm able to achieve it on mine. I've got a 3080 installed, but I'm only kind of getting it by having it on low settings, I think. And then I'm getting like a solid sort of 60, which it still looks fantastic, I should add. And it's just the kind of optimization that um, GeForce Experience kind of set up. Um but yeah, I've not. Yeah. Can't say I've really had any issues with it. But if DLSS was there, I'd absolutely be be using it because it's come in very handy on every other PC game I play. I do feel like it's probably Nvidia just being petty because I do feel like when games are marketed by Nvidia, like they still have FSR on the AMD side. So I don't know. I feel like it doesn't go yeah. both ways. Yeah, I was mine. surprised. I thought it was we lived in an age where both were there by default. But anyhow, hopefully it's only a matter of time. Um, speaking of saltiness, though, it wasn't the only saltiness surrounding Starfield. Um, the Some of it was obviously very notably amongst PlayStation players unable to play this game with it being an Xbox and, and PC exclusive. Um, asked about Elder Scrolls 6, Phil Spencer was non-committal, saying that they would make the decision further into the development cycle. James, my question for you then is that what chance is there of any future Bethesda game coming to anything but Xbox and PC? Has the success of Starfield solidified that Bethesda games going forward are exclusive titles? Um, <laughs> it's hard to yeah. <laughs> I, anecdotally, I feel like I know a lot of people who are picking up hardware to play this. Yeah, right. So I don't know. We can't obviously speak to the you know the wider market or whatever. Sure. But I feel like it might be working for them. Yeah. So like, and that this is for a game that's. Like the brand, like Starfield, the brand, like who? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like in, compared to say Elder Scrolls and Fallout, like such big brands, like I can kind of see them sticking with it now. Uh, but who knows? Like I know, I mean, I don't care. I've got all three. Like I can play whatever I want, wherever I want, which is a pr- nice privilege to have. Um, but yeah, I I think Game Pass is like a, quite an easy way and a cheap way to play it too. Like even Shannon won't shut up about how you can play it on your Samsung TV. So like, you know, like and that's that's something a lot of I would argue a lot of people have Samsung TVs. So like to be able to play it 
in this ecosystem is probably mm. the the best way to reach the most people. Um, obviously, behind the scenes, we still don't know. Like, if money wise, that works out the same as say just selling a hundred million copies in a week, like other people do <laughs> for yeah. certain games. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, overall, I think um, I think you're right. Like, I think certainly people are taking the necessary steps to be able to play this game. You know, be it buying a Samsung TV to stream it or building a PC or getting an Xbox. Um, and I reckon in the five years plus that it's going to be before Elder Scrolls Six materializes, Xbox would expect to be in a very different position than they are now um, in terms of, I guess, like the uptake of hardware, um, maybe the systems that are supporting Game Pass as well. Um, so, yeah, I can't see... Like, given it blew my mind that Starfield had had more concurrent players on Steam than uh, than Skyrim. Like, Skyrim is just like such this mainstay within the industry, and, and I would assume Steam like, people are paying for it, right? Like, that's for yeah. is that playing mm-hmm. paying for Starfield? Like, that's yes, not even yeah, Game yeah, Pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which is nuts. So many gamers um, just love buying games. So even like if game like we like Game Pass is great. Like yeah, people, especially PC gamers, like they just prefer buying something outright. So yeah. I think they're always gonna have that piece of the pie. I feel I feel like people don't like the idea of playing a subscription, like a one off payment. Yeah, like, like even seems... if it does work out better, like yeah. they <laughs> I feel like PC gamers are just stuck in their ways and will just pay the money for it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I is kind great of, for I kind of sympathize with I'm that sure. to be honest. Uh, James W, an offhanded remark from Todd Howard to Esquire's Shannon Liao left, left them with the impression that Bethesda's Indiana Jones will be revealed next year. What is your take on that? Um, I, I, sure, I guess <laughs> like, like a, a bit of a shrug. I'm not really sure where the Indiana Jones brand is at. I mean, people liked that new movie, right? Like that seemed to go down. I think it was nah, like surprisingly think- okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I heard nothing yeah, but that's about like, it. Yeah, no, zero cultural impact. It's done. Time to move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, rebrand, retire, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, kind of. Yeah, did you like, say retire, I, bitch? Are you? Is that in reference to Harrison Ford? How dare you? I don't know. Oh no, it's a it's Just a meme. the whole thing, it's not, yeah. the whole lot though. Oh. But yeah, done. no, it, it's a How strange brand. I think to try and revive. So mad. I did get mad. Sorry, especially for no, no, just from Bethesda as well. Like it's such a, a strange swing um, from them. I, I, I personally wouldn't put money towards this if I was Xbox. I, I, this is not the investment that I would be making at this point. Um, wow. But I don't mm. run Xbox, so wow. This if it's cancelled tomorrow, we know where that's. <laughs> I reckon a machine games produced Indiana Jones game sounds fantastic, and I am one hundred percent in. Um, I can't see this game kind of taking the form of like a first person shooter, which has obviously been their bread and butter um, for the last wee while. But uh, yeah, I really hope this. Like, Sorry? Whipper. A first person <laughs> whip would actually be okay. There'd have to be guns, would it? Like, yeah. Does he well, use I'm not guns? saying there's no guns. guns, but like I'm imagining like that this is their spin of Dual like whip. a Tomb Raider <laughs> Uncharted kind of style game. <laughs> Or like, yeah, I, yeah. I know what you mean. You know, like but, a respawn, yeah. like a respawn pivot to, yeah. to third person action adventure. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> that. Kieran's with me with Max. What do you mean I with Max? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what the Max full three. <laughs> oh, okay. What? Jesus, you're connecting so many random dots right now. Yeah, just leave them disconnected. Um, um, I and think then when they've got well. the whip engine sorted, well. they can finally make a Catwoman game <laughs> that everyone's oh. been waiting for. 
That's what you mean. Yes. Whip is in Indiana Jones. Yeah, like whippy. Yeah, yeah, I'm not like what whippy. did you think he meant? Yeah, I was thinking work in progress Sexually. for some reason. I've clearly been oh, working okay. too oh, much. Sorry. <laughs> um, Kieran, are you no, excited I, for an yeah. Indiana Jones game? Like, could you see no. it materializing next year? No. Oh, Kieran, that's <laughs> okay. not very positive of you. Sorry. If it's this like Uncharted, I'll, I'll play as many of those as come out. <laughs> I'd rather it be release. Tomb Raider-y, to be I prefer the yeah. Tomb Raider format, like the semi-open. Yeah. Although I did like Lost Legacy. Yeah. It was like Lost Legacy. You know. No, I I kind of agree with you. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I do. What does that mean? Well, like, <laughs> I'm like, such an uncharted well. stand, but like I think in terms of the design, game design element of it, yes, the Tomb Raider games are better. Look at that. Who would have thought you'd hear Corpus me say that? Corpus is too long. <laughs> wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here's a rapid-fire question for you all, uh, which is, yeah, very much a hard rapid-fire question, but I'm going to hold you to yes or no answers. Uh, Readpop have reportedly parted ways with the Entertainment Software Association, which organizes E3, and the ESA have confirmed with the Los Angeles Convention Center that it won't be taking the show there in 2024. Seeing as I think we've established at this point that E3 ain't coming back, instead I want to ask, yes or no, does the Summer Game Fest uh, Summer Game Fest kind of June period, does it have an exhibition floor next year? Kieran? No. James W. Not next year, but the year after. James? Uh, yeah. Oh, sure. okay. <laughs> Do you, do you know what the question was? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do. Shattered? Um, just, yeah. It has a very small industry one. But I feel like, yeah. Mm, uh, I feel like that serves Open the to purpose of what form. it is. So, no. I, don't, I think it's too much for Big Jeff to delve into. I agree with James W. Too- I, don't, I think no next year, but the year after that, I'd watch out. Um, mm, yeah, wow, so I no. agree. Wow. <laughs> watch your back, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Indiana <laughs> Joneses will be there. Think yeah. about how many opportunities <laughs> someone That'd would be like have to run up to him. Yeah, exactly. He's never going to be in a public space no. again from this <laughs> With point With a hat <laughs> and a whip and be like, guess what I'm announcing? George uh, Bush. And then, <laughs> yeah. What the Wiki is and the Press Start Podcast excited. game show where the previous <laughs> okay. week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and we, the contestants, must guess the game. A point is awarded for each correct guess with the round ending after a person takes home two points. Uh, last week, taking home those two points, it was James. He moved up into first place on 24 points. Brody just behind on 23. Shannon, Kieran, and myself are all tied on 20 points in third place. Harry is on one point and James W. Nil you know, Never if you James. score a point today, James, I won't get to say nil point anymore. We're going to have to bring Book someone else on the James show is. only for them not yeah. to be awarded any points so they never invite them back. <laughs> um, but James, as last week's winner, you are in the hosting chair today. Take it away. Thanks, Yui. Glad to be here, <laughs> as always. Samantha returning as our guest game No, giver. she isn't. I actually forgot to, <laughs> that I was doing this until about 30 minutes ago. Um, so let's go. Uh, who's ready? Everyone? We are so yep. ready, James. Yeah. So yeah. ready. Yeah. Good. Are you ready? Great. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the yeah, biggest absolutely. question. <laughs> the question on everyone's lips. Um, anyway, the, the game carries on the style of gameplay from the previous game in which up to four players simultaneously make their way through various levels. Collectibles can be collected by touching them, <laughs> defeating enemies, or freeing captured captives. 
Collecting these captives unlocks new worlds, which can be played in any order once they're available. James? Along... Castle yes. Crashes 2? It's not. Is that a game? Oh. <laughs> is it? Was there a sequel to Castle Crashes? There was I thought there was. I hope there really. was. See, this is why I'm on zero points. This is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there isn't. The- I was excited then. Yeah, anyway. I was like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> For disappointing me, you're on negative one. You're <laughs> I'm really tempted to guess Alien Hominid 2 now. (laughs) Along with with returning as playable characters, along with returning playable characters, players can also control a new female character called Barbara the Barbarian, her sister and their cousins. The game features over 120 levels, including 40 remastered levels. Yeah, yeah, what? Is it Rayman Legends? It is Rayman Legends. Congratulations, Kieran. Well done, Kieran. Mm. Mm. Who knows where this will go now? Is there a theme? You never do themes. Maybe. What? I don't. Or if I do, I don't announce Games until that after. Don't exist, <laughs> but should. Okay, we ready? Yep. Yep. Shannon, you ready? Did James Shannon... freeze for anyone else? <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just you. <laughs> it, was, it was just you. <laughs> you looked ready. Okay. The game is an action-adventure game played from a third-person or first-person perspective. Players complete missions, linear scenarios with set objectives to progress through the story. Outside of the missions, players may freely roam the open world. The open world is comprised of an open countryside area and fictional counties and cities, making it much larger in area than previous entries in the series. Yes, Shannon. Red Dead Redemption 2. It's not Red Dead Redemption 2. It may be fully explored after the game's beginning without restriction, although story progress unlocks more gameplay content. Shannon, you're back in. Players use melee attacks, firearms, and explosives to fight enemies and may run, jump, swim, or use vehicles to navigate the world. To accommodate the map's size, the game introduces vehicle types absent in its predecessor, such as fixed-wing aircraft. In combat, auto-aim and a cover system may be used as assistance against enemies... I'm going to skip this for a bit. Um, If players commit crimes, law enforcement agencies may respond as indicated by a wanted meter. Stars displayed on the meter indicate the current wanted level. Law enforcement officers will search for players who leave the wanted vicinity. The meter enters a cooldown mode and eventually resides when players are hidden from the officer's line of sight for a period of time. Yes, Shannon. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. It's not Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, but you are back in because that was the end of the paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) The game is a 2013 action adventure game developed by Rockstar North. Is this Grand Theft Auto 5? I don't know. I feel like Kieran was... Just give it. (laughs) Can I? You and Kieran. Sorry, I didn't realize you were deliberating okay. as to who said anything. It's a null and <laughs> void round for me. It's it's a yeah. I, I'm I'm taking that off because Kieran, like you, cheated. <laughs> I'm I'm I'm, ha- I'm, I'm fine with happened. you to have so, it. If I gave you Spider Man uh, last week, then you can have oh, what, Grand Theft yeah. Auto Five. This Don't week. put me into this. This isn't <laughs> on yeah. me. You it's started like... the sham round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally yeah. a sham. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take whatever sham points what I sham can get. Rounds. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. Should I give that to you? And then I don't know. Sure, I feel go bad. For it. No, he can have it. He literally just yelled over Kieran. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Actually, Kieran, no, you've got to be louder. No, we'll give it to you. <laughs> no. Okay. Let to speak up, Kieran. Okay. All right. Sorry. Okay. So Ewan's on one. Kieran's on one. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go. This might be it. The game plays similarly to previous games and combines free-roaming gameplay of the franchise's 3D games with mechanics of its 2D side scrollers. Oh, yep. Assertive. (laughs) Is it Sonic Frontiers? It's not. Sorry. Up to four concurrent players may control characters. Similar to their appearances in previous games, each of them may... Each of the characters possesses unique special abilities and controls differently. One character has balanced running speed. One character jumps higher. One character can jump and briefly float. Ewan. While another runs the fastest. Yes, Ewan. <sighs> Shannon, next. Is this Super Mario Wonder? Can you cue? Is It's no, not Shannon. Super Mario Wonder. <sighs> Damn yes, it. Shannon. Super Mario Bros. 2. It's not. Let me know when I'm back in. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> Am I back in? <laughs> Shannon, Shannon, Shannon. Mate, you're more than out. Actually, okay. I don't know what <laughs> The player can select any of James the five characters me, to use. <laughs> can you hear me still? I can oh, now, yes. You're all good. The players can select any of the five characters to use before beginning a level, and up to four players may explore the same level simultaneously. James. Players also have to pick up, carry. Yes, James. Uh... Oh, I can't remember the first part. Is it the Bowser's Fury game? Super Mario. Uh, <laughs> Shannon. Uh, 3D. I know uh, Bowser's Fury. Yes. So James gets that. I really <laughs> so I <laughs> this is a nightmarish round. Okay, let's go. We ready? We are. I think it's all over for Ewan, but we'll see how we go. Ah. The game is a role-playing video game with adventure elements presented in a third-person overhead perspective. It's also the first game in the series to include 3D function, and players control a young trainer who goes on a quest to catch and train creatures known as Pokemon and win battles against other trainers. Is no one going to say Kieran. anything? Kieran. <laughs> I can't remember. Kieran, yes. Is Oh, shit. I'm just going to throw it out. Is it Pokemon X and Y? It is Pokemon X yes. and Y. Fuck, I would have got it too. How do you mess that up? I would have got it. Yeah, well, um, all those games are 10 years old this year. Wait, so. Huh. Oh, so they all released in 2013. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's how 10 years works. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing the math for everybody. Um, uh, with that, let's yeah, bring wow. that towards this week's episode of the press. Oh, do you want to recap the scores? Where we left no, off there? No, I just closed it. So um, you have to do that for me. But I can chat no, in the meantime. So, so James doesn't have zero anymore. He James does. doesn't have zero anymore. I'm He's sorry, at one Ewan. point with uh, with Harry. Uh, Kieran, you moved up into third place, just behind, one point behind Brody. I'm in fourth with 21 points with that maybe screw, that surreptitious point that I got. Uh, Shannon in fifth on 20 points so certainly spicy there's only it's we've got like consecutive runner points there 24 23 22 21 and 20 that's very good um with that let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the press start podcast subscribe to us on listener or the podcast service of your choice follow us at press.au and visit the website at press.com.au where you will find james w's preview of assassin's creed mirage thank you for joining the show today james w Thank you for having me. 
Do you? I don't know why that came out that way. I've done this. Um, I've done this outro very differently <laughs> to how I normally do it. So I, your excuse for being thrown off. Uh, what's your Twitter? Where do we find you on Twitter? Or X uh, OMG or more threads? James. Uh, Twitter X Blue Sky whatever all of them. Winning what the wiki today? It was Kieran. Yeah, H uh, A S H underscore B R A U N on I guess Google is probably easiest. Doing <laughs> doing a marvelous job hosting what the wiki today. It was James. Thank you. I agree. Um, you can find me on X at James A T J M Z. And who is no doubt very excited for tonight's reveal of the iPhone 15? It is Shannon. Yes, you can follow and me. And he's frozen. <laughs> Unless he just if disconnected you can from the call in anticipation. Yeah, I... Oh, he's back. Shannon Grixty, follow it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you heard. Did anything come through? We'll find out. I had no I, yeah. <laughs> And I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye. Bye.